When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. What am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you too long ago and far away and will bring you back safely. Ahoy there! I looked up from where I was sitting in the garden reading a book, and there was no one in sight. Ahoy! I looked around again, and then from the sky, a ladder unrolled right in front of my face. I looked up, and there was a ship, a beautiful ship, sailing in the sky as if on a calm sea. It was my old friends, the yard sailors, who sailed on weekends looking for good bargains and sails. The sailor who had unrolled the ladder called down, The captain invites you to ascend the ladder for an afternoon of tea and bargaining. I am not want to turn down an invitation for some low-stakes adventures, so I let my husband know I was going out and scrambled up the ladder. The captain welcomed me with a grin. Ah, so lovely to see you. Let's start with tea and then we'll start hunting the elusive estate sails. The tea was laid out on a large table that ran down the center of the ship. It seemed to be screwed into the deck, as even with the gentle motion it did not slide back and forth. The dishes were all mismatched and looked as if they had been picked up from a number of different places. The cookies and treats, however, had come from somewhere lovely, and I sat down with the captain and crew and was regaled with some of the good bargains they had found since I had last seen them. We were just getting ready to set out when the shout came up from the bow. Captain! Summer storm incoming! The first teller for this episode is Laura Sims, an award-winning performer, writer, and educator advocating storytelling as compassionate action for personal and community transformation. When I began my storytelling journey, Laura was one of the first storytellers I heard. She has books, CDs, she works with the UN, and she also organizes the storytelling in Central Park at the Hans Christian Andersen statue in the beautiful New York City every summer. This is her telling, The Fish Fairy. There was once a fisherman who was poor and lived alone. All the other fishermen said, He's a fool. He has no luck because he has no greed. And it was true. He only kept enough fish to eat or to sell and threw the rest back into the sea. But one day he caught a beautiful fish. When he took it home, he took pity on it. So he dug a hole in the middle of his house, filled it with water, put in the fish, and kept it alive. The other fisherman said, You are a fool! But from that day forth, his house was always clean, and when he came back from fishing, there was food cooking. The other fisherman said, Fools! 
someone must be doing it. Tomorrow morning, pretend to go fishing, but watch secretly at the window. So he did. He saw the fish leap up from the hole in the floor, shed its skin, and standing there was a beautiful woman. He went right in the door, and she said, I am the daughter of the king of the sea. I'll stay here with you. You have been so kind to my people, the fish. He was delighted. But when he told his friends, the other fisherman said, You are a fool. If you burned that fish skin, she'd stay with you all the time. So the next day, while she was out getting the wood, he burned her skin. When she came home, she said, Fisherman, it's not that I don't like staying with you all the time, but you've asked for trouble. Word travels fast. Trouble even faster. The king, who was lucky because he was greedy and had 168 wives, heard about the beautiful fishwoman and wanted her in his palace. The fisherman went to the king. He pleaded, he wept, he begged, for he had fallen in love with the fishwoman. The king said, Build me a palace made of gold and diamonds and pearls in four days in the middle of the sea, and you can keep the fishwoman. Oh, he went home so unhappy. But the fish fairy said, Call out for my father, king of the sea. Ask for the small silk pillow that I kept on my bed. When it comes up out of the sea, throw it back in the sea. He did that, and in four days, there was a magnificent palace in the middle of the sea. The king was delighted. <laughs> He's a fool. Fisherman, build me a bridge that goes from the shore to the palace in one night, and then you can have her. He went home. The fish fairy said, call for my father. Ask for a tiny silver pin that lay on the pillow of my bed beneath the sea. He did that. He threw it in the sea. And there before morning was a crystal bridge. <laughs> Look what he's built for me. Now, fisherman, make a feast for everyone in the world with food left over and you can have her. This time he wept, but his wife said, Go to my father, ask for the tiny gold coffee mill that sits on a table beside my bed beneath the sea. And he did. He ground the coffee mill, and there was food to feed the whole world. Ah, could it always be that way? But this time, the king was worried. A uh, fisherman, by this afternoon, bring me an egg with a flying mule inside. When he went home, 
The fish fairy said, Take an ordinary egg, throw it into the sea. He did. And up out of the sea came an egg. He caught it. He ran to the king's palace. He threw it to the king, and it broke, and out came a flying mule that jumped on the king's back. And the king ran round and round the court and begged for the mule to leave him alone. And the mule flew off his back out the window and back to the sea. But now the king was angry. If you don't bring me a one-day-old infant who speaks with as much wisdom as a wise adult in two hours, not only will I take the fish ferry, but I'll cut off your head. Now he ran home quickly, and the fish ferry said, Let this be your last request. Go to the fish. Ask for my sister's newborn child. He did. Up out of the ocean came a one-minute-old baby. Stood right on the shore, stamped its little foot, and said, Where's my auntie? He ran home with the baby, and then grabbed up the baby and ran to the king's palace. And when he came to the king's palace, the baby walked right across the throne room, jumped up on the throne, leapt onto the king's knees, and smacked the king on the right side of his face, smacked the king on the left side of his face, and said, How dare you ask for such impossible things from the king of the sea? Take that! And he smacked him again, smacked him again, smacked him again, until the king started yelling, Take this baby away! And the baby said, And not only that, you took me away from my mother before I had time to drink her milk. And the baby smacked the king again, smacked the king again, until the king begged the fisherman to take the infant away, and the infant disappeared. That night, the fisherman and the fish ferry rode on a flying mule across a crystal bridge to the vast palace. There was a feast and everyone in the world ate. They celebrated the birthday of the one-day-old infant. But in the morning, everything had disappeared. From that day, all the other fishermen the king, his courtiers and servants and his hundred and so on wives all searched the sea for gold and diamonds and pearls, but they found nothing. As for the fishermen and the fish ferry, they lived happily ever after in the little cottage by the sea. He never wanted for anything. No one ever called him a fool again. In fact, he never even fished again. If you don't believe this story, go to that place. Ask anyone.
The fairy tale sponsor for this episode is Everlasting Light Bulbs. Powered by authentic fairy light, these bulbs only need to be believed to shine for decades. Should the bulb ever start growing dim, you simply need to clap and cheer that you believe to illuminate your house to the brightest light again. If you want to avoid clapping to recharge it, you simply need to install a clapper and it will be glowing your whole life. Everlasting light bulbs fill your life with a magical light. We have a new review from Brigida Ruby via Apple Podcasts who gave us five stars and five hearts and she said, I love it. She noted, I think it's the best podcast in my opinion. I love the scary stories. I hope this gets more storytelling about stars, scary stories, fairy tales, and folk tales. I really recommend this podcast to everyone. Please tell the story, the little prince. Well, we will look around to find a storyteller who might tell the story of the little prince. But if you love scary stories, Brigida, well, October is coming up. So there are going to be scary stories galore. Thank you so much for leaving a podcast review. It sure helps people find and pick the podcast to try out and listen to. And we hope those who listen to it enjoy it as well. Thank you so much for your support in writing a review. And thank you to our patrons who also support us as well. You all are the sunshine on a cat's fuzzy tummy in the middle of winter. The wind picked up and started to blow. I should have seen this coming. This summer, there have been storms rolling in almost every afternoon, and this one was no exception. The breeze started to pick up, and the captain was yelling orders to do something with the sails and to turn into the storm. I wasn't sure what it meant, but I did what I could to help. I put teacups into baskets and passed them along to the galley cook as he scrambled to bring it all under cover. The boat began to sway and shudder as the first drops of rain started to fall. The captain had taken the wheel and was yelling at the crew to heave or haul or something. I was grabbing the last cups when the boat lurched to starboard, which is to the right side, and then dipped out from under my feet. I began to fall, cups flying out of my hands, tipping towards the edge of the railing. I was about to go overboard when I felt strong hands steady me and quick as a wink reached out to grab the cups as well. But despite that friendly sailor's help, one cup was too far gone and fell over the edge, disappearing into the clouds below. I wondered if someone would find a lovely teacup in their tulip bed the next morning. The crew members who had caught me began pushing me to go below deck when the captain cried out, We're almost through! Everyone hold on to something! I ducked down and clasped the table leg, and for about three minutes there was a torrent of rain, flashes of great and thunderous lights and booms. And then just as fast as it had arrived, it was gone. The rain let up, the sun burst through, the clouds rolled on to the east. I slowly emerged from under the table and was shaking the water off my hair when a shout went up from the crow's nest. Sail ahead! Looks to be an estate sail! Excellent, cried the captain. Then today will be a good day after all. And for all of us, except that one unlucky teacup, it really was a great afternoon. The second story for this episode is by Jenny Cargill-Strong, an award-winning Australian storyteller and enchantivist who teaches and coaches storytelling. Her passions and expertise are focused on stories of place, stories to celebrate the earth, stories to heal, to strengthen community, and myths which express the divine feminine. 
She offers school shows, public concerts, and festival performances for adults or children, as well as face-to-face and online training and storytelling. Environmental storytelling and public speaking, including private coaching, Jenny has recorded and self-published five award-winning albums for children and adults under her label, The Story Tree Company. This comes from one of those lovely albums, and it's the title story, The Mermaid's Shoes. The Mermaid's Shoes. This is the story of my storytelling shoes, of how they came to live with me, and of the story they told me. I live near Byron Bay, and I love to go for walks along the beach. I gaze across the sea to the beautiful mountains surrounding the bay. I watch for fish and dolphins in the waves. In whale season, I look for whales making water spouts in the distance. And as I walk along, I look on the sand to see what has been washed up. Sometimes there are blue bottle stingers, a little fish or small pieces of pretty coloured glass worn smooth by the waves. Sometimes, though not often, I find things that are not meant to be there, like chip packets and lolly wrappers or an old thong someone's left behind or tossed overboard from a boat. I pick the rubbish up and put it in the bin. But one day, I found these shoes buried in the sand. They were buried face down, so they didn't look very interesting at first. But as I turned them over and dusted the sand off, I noticed how unusual they were. I saw the tail at the end, the strange fluffy leather on the top, the water pearls, the waves cut into the side, the buckles shaped like the wheel of a sailing ship where the captain steers the ship. I thought, whoever owns these shoes must really want them back. So I sat down on the beach, holding the shoes up so passers-by could see them. I did feel a bit silly, but I thought someone would rush up to me and say, Oh, excuse me, they're my shoes, thanks very much. But no one did. A few people came over to admire them and chat about them, but no one came to claim them. So I took them home. I put an ad in the local paper and notices in the cafes. Shoes found, with a photo of them and my name and phone number. Months went by, and not a soul came to claim them. In the end, I realised they just must be meant to be mine, especially when I tried them on. And they fitted me perfectly. But then I got curious about what the shoes were made of, so I took them to a shoemaker I know. He looked at them closely and said, Hmm, very interesting. This fluffy, scaly-looking leather here, that's from a barramundi fish. Full-grown barramundi has a thick enough skin that you can tan it if you're careful and make this kind of a delicate leather out of it. I thanked the shoemaker and took the shoes home. That night, as I slept, I left the shoes on my bedside table You see, I could do that because I hadn't been wearing them yet, so they only smell to the salty sea. And as I slept, the shoes told me their story. They told me that they had once belonged to a mermaid, and this mermaid had one of the most powerful and beautiful tales of all the creatures of the sea. 
She loved swimming fast through the ocean. In fact, she liked having competitions just for fun with the dolphins, the sharks and the whales to see who could swim the fastest. But one full moon night, she was bobbing around in the waves near Byron Bay, watching the humans. She was careful not to let them see her. In Byron, as on many other beaches on the full moon, there are usually people having parties around bonfires. But this particular full moon night, she heard some incredibly funky drum rhythms coming from the beach. She swam closer to where the music was coming from and saw people wearing brightly coloured silks that shimmered with the light of the fire. They were dancing excitedly to the music. They jumped and leapt and twirled so gracefully and with such power that the mermaid began to wish that she could dance like that too. She watched until the dancers had finished and then, slowly and thoughtfully, she swam home. That night, she dreamt of being a great dancer. When morning came... She'd made up her mind. She went to the king and the queen of the sea and asked if she could swap her mermaid's tail for two human legs. But why would you give up your beautiful tail for human legs? asked the king. Oh, so that I can dance, said the mermaid. Well, if you're sure, then yes, it is possible. There's a merman who can make you a magical pair of shoes made from something from the earth and something from the sea. You'll have to wait a month for them, but on the next full moon, their magic can change you into a human, if you still wish to. The shoes will keep you connected between earth and sea. Whenever you want to come back, just wait for the full moon, kick off the shoes, dive back into the water, and you'll get your tail back again. Thank you, said the mermaid. The mermaid visited the shoemaker every week to watch him work. He dyed the leather for the shoes the same colours as her tail and cut the pieces out. Then he stitched them together and nailed on the soles. He carved waves into the sides of the shoes, polished them up and sewed on buckles that sparkled with jewels and water pearls. At last, it was the day of the full moon and the shoes were ready. She gave the shoemaker a bag of pearls and thanked him excitedly. That evening, the sky was clear and the wind was still. The sea was so smooth, it looked like there was a second moon lying on the ocean's surface. It was a swollen golden moon, so bright that you could almost make out the dark shapes of the mountains circling the bay. The mermaid waved goodbye to her family and friends, took a deep breath, and holding these shoes tightly, she dove under the water and swam towards the beach. Around her neck was a small bag woven from seaweed, which held pearls and a barramundi leather dress. But when she came to the surface... She saw that the beach was glowing with fires. Humans were celebrating the full moon again. She bobbed around in the waves, waiting and watching, until finally all the people had gone home. Swiftly, she rode a wave right up onto the beach. 
there as she lay on the cool, wet sand, holding these shoes and with the moon shining down upon her, her tail turned into two human legs. She slipped on the shoes and they fitted her perfectly. She fished out from her little bag the dress she'd made and slipped it on because she knew that humans make a silly fuss about being naked. In the morning, she found a dancing teacher and used the pearls to pay for her lessons. The mermaid had such a powerful and graceful way of moving that it wasn't long before she was invited to tour the world with a famous dance company. For seven years she danced, the roar of applause in her ears. Then one day, her company did a concert in Byron Bay. That evening, she went walking along the beach, wearing these shoes and gazing out to sea. As the sun sank, she watched the moon rise. The sky was clear and the wind was still. The sea was so smooth, it made a perfect mirror for the swollen golden moon. It was so bright, you could almost make out the dark outlines of the mountains circling the bay. As the mermaid gazed on that golden moon, a great sea longing came over her. She remembered what it had been like to have that beautiful, powerful tail and to live deep in the ocean. She remembered again her family and friends, the dolphins, the sharks, the whales, the king and the queen of the sea. She'd been so busy, she hadn't thought of them in years. Suddenly, she decided to go back. She dove into the water, kicked off her shoes and swam out to sea. With that, her two human legs turned back into a beautiful and powerful mermaid's tail. So the mermaid's shoes fell off and sank slowly to the great ocean floor. Now the waves saw the shoes lying there, lonely and forgotten, so the current scooped them up and the waves washed them closer and closer to shore until, eventually, they were washed up on the beach and buried in the sand with the tide where I found them. And that is how I came to have my storytelling shoes. But I wonder sometimes, what would happen if I wore these shoes to the beach on the full moon, kicked them off and dove into the waves? Would my legs turn into a mermaid's tail? Perhaps next month, I'll try it and see. But that would be another story. for listening to this story story podcast show the love find laura sims at laurasims.com and jenny cargillstrong at storytree.com.au tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories go find your favorite storytellers from the podcast and discover what they can bring to your home if you have questions or comments for the podcast send them to storystorypodcast at gmail.com if you send us an email let me know the favorite story you have heard or 
the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. The Beautiful Brains Behind the Fairy Tale sponsor was inspired by, well, Tinkerbell. The inspiration for the true fairy tale, well, was from my favorite story that I've made up about the yard sailors. They come around every now and again, and I love to write stories about them. The music is by Poddington Bear. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You will hear more stories next week, but until then, live happily ever after. Mary Kate opened up the door, and there, on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Laura Sims at laurasims.com and Jenny Cargillstrong at h... <laughs> http slash slash... Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Pro-